otherwise on SAFM. And a very good day to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makwazene is my producer and Leander Mafiane is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now, the Minister of Small Business Development, Ms. Lindiwe Zulu, will join us to talk about how the youth can develop their small businesses. And then Tato Ligabe is the MD at the Experience Factory, a social enterprise designed to give unemployed graduates opportunities, and uh, we'll find out how that works. And then we finally catch up with solo wanderer Kachinzama, who is in Egypt today. And because we have three guests, uh, we'll skip that uh, lunch bite for today. Otherwise, on SAFM. Tato Likabe, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Shadow. Well, I'm excited uh, by the Experience Factory and what it, it, it seeks to do. Please give us some background. Sure thing. Uh, the Experience Factory is a business consultancy firm. So we provide affordable consulting and project management services to a broad range of clients while also contributing to the social transformation of South Africa. And we do this through the development of new talents. So like any other consultancy firm, we uh, have a project team that we put together based on the client's needs that they've identified. The only difference is that our team consists of recent graduates who we call the talents of the future. Mm-hmm. And we also pay them with an experienced professional there's a proven record of expertise in his or her respective area of interest. So how do you, how do you find and how do you uh, uh, identify these, these uh, TOFs, if you like? Okay, so uh, we've, got, we've partnered with various well-established recruitment channels uh, we, where they have different profiles of graduates who are looking for work. And we also have some relations uh, with different universities. So then what they do is send through their CV and a motivational letter. From then onwards, they go through our recruitment process, which would start with the initial interview where it's just a simple match test and the normal interview. The second interview is more of a business case study as well as a follow-up interview. For, for, for the experience factory to happen, you must have uh, identified a need and, and, and a lack of, of, of skills, I take it, uh, with, with uh, graduates who've just left school or university and, and, and being the reason why they can't uh, find work. Uh, what, was, what was the lack, if, if I may call it that? Okay, the thing is, once uh, graduates have... Once they graduate from university, what we identified is that they really struggle finding a job due to a lack of experience. And this is both on the soft skill side, which would be your presentation skills, your dress code, how you behave in a boardroom, and also your hard skills. So we've sectioned it into four different sections where we have research and analysis. Then we identify that any graduate would need, how to, would need to know how to write a report, how to present that report. And overall, just managing a project, so they go through this phase over two years with us. And and uh, I, I take it you talk about recent graduates, but you find that there are other graduates that have been th- th- that qualified a few years ago, but still won't find employment. What do you do with those? Are those still welcome? 
Yes, we, we definitely welcome any sort of graduate. I think the most important thing to us is them being very motivated and determined to invest in their personal and career development because getting somebody who just doesn't care anymore, it's very hard to help them through this process. But if during the interview process we can see that you're motivated and you're determined to succeed, then we'll definitely take you on. Now, how do you, you also need um, uh, experienced professionals to, to help you through, through these. How, how do you identify those and who can, uh, who can become part of the experience factory? With uh, the experienced professionals, what we want is somebody with a minimum of seven years experience in the certain field that they'll be consulting in. And then they also need to be able to mentor. They need to play a role as a mentor to the graduates because that's part of our process. We've established mentoring as a very key element mm-hmm. in developing any talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we partnered with Recruit My Mom, which is an online platform with over 8,000 professionals on it with different sort of skills. So according to a client's need, that's how we identify what kind of experience professional we need. But over and above that, we also welcome any other experienced professional because there's a huge problem of brain drainage in South Africa as well, mm-hmm. where experienced people are going out of the field for different reasons and they're going out with those skills and the expertise. So we're trying to draw them back in and on a part-time basis as opposed to full-time. And I see that uh, experience, the experience factory lives outside of South Africa as well. So is there, is there a, a, a cross-pollination of the skills uh, that we, we benefit from, uh, from, from Holland? Uh, we, we have a partner. It's the whole South Africa. So they corporate social responsibility. They're focusing on that and impact measurement. So that's how we initially started. It's our mother company. Mm-hmm. So we do want to branch out into different countries, but our first point would be South Africa. We're based in Johannesburg and Ilovo, but our future plans is to branch out because the skill set is a problem everywhere. There's so much youth unemployment, and these are people who have graduated from university and need the skills. So what are, what are what are the skills that you'd still like to to get uh, experienced professionals for and and hopefully uh, we can put that call out here today and get people to get in touch with you. The skills that we really look for in an experienced professional goes per project. So it could be in IT, in financial management, in human resources, depending on the client. But the skills that we employ on the graduates. It's just your basic skills that will take them from the experience factory into any other corporate world, and they'll be able to manage and find that job. So with the experience professional, it's per project basis, but we open across all different kinds of industries. Now, you say you're in Johannesburg. What happens in, in other provinces? We, we have some uh, graduates who have joined us. We've got three graduates at the moment, and the one was from Limpopo, and she decided to uh, relocate here into Johannesburg for this period. So we don't limit the provinces. I think it goes where the client is located. So should a client be located in a different province, we will find a way to get our project team to the client's place. Okay, so now a lot of people would be interested, I suppose, to talk to you further and 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 get more information with regards to either experienced professionals uh, that would like to mentor, or also, I, I suppose, unemployed uh, graduates who 
would like more information and, and see how they can uh, become part of the experience factory what do we do uh, you can email we've got an email it's info at experiencefactory.co.za and then we have a Facebook account as well where we can be contacted so that would be experience factory SA and then we also are on Twitter which would be just the first five letters of experience so E-X-T-E-R mm-hmm. factory and yeah but I, I suppose email would be the best option otherwise social media as well but at 23, Sweetie, are you still studying or have you completed your studies? No, I haven't completed my studies yet. Um, I've got uh, two modules remaining which uh, to complete my accounting degree. I have a commerce background. But yeah. <laughs> no, no. But I, I'm just, I'm just curious as to you know, you, you, you still studying, but you saw this need to to start the experience factory and be part of it, and 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 and, and make sure that it helps other graduates. How did that come about? So in 2013, I met uh, Reynard Williamson. He's a founding partner of the Experience Factory as well. And he told me about this idea because he's identified uh, the skills shortage in recent graduates. So from then onward, we started speaking and we also, there's also Steven Notata, another partner. So the three of us started as a management team and started exploring ways in which we could start the experience factory and we're here today. Well, I, I think it's a beautiful story and the fact that you're helping other students while you're studying as well. Uh, at least we know you're definitely not going to be jobless after your degree. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Tato, for talking to us and all the best. And I, I hope we find the right uh, experienced professionals because I think that's where they, they, they're most needed. Huh? Yes, thank you so much, Cheryl. And thank you for your time. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that's info at Experience Factory. I think email is is most um, most welcome for Tato and 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 her her group for if you want to be a mentor especially at the experience factory that is what you do info at experiencefactory.co.za i'm hoping that we will be able to chat to uh the minister because uh, you know she agreed to speak with us but i think you know you never know they always in meetings and sometimes it gets difficult to come out and talk to us but uh, kachi is the solo wanderer and we talk to her after this Otherwise, on SAFM. The solo wanderer, Kachin Zama, talks to us today from Egypt, I believe. Hello, Kachi. Hello, hello. how are you? <laughs> we haven't spoken to you since um, you were in Addis Ababa, right? Yes, I was in Addis. You missed a whole lot of drama and some, a lot of bed bugs. Well, no, tell me about the drama now because I really want to, to know what we missed while you were in Ethiopia. Um, well, in Ethiopia, last I spoke to you, I told you that I wouldn't have anywhere else to go in Ethiopia. And um, I think two minutes after I spoke to you, one of my uh, ex-colleagues, sent me a message to say, hey, I've got a friend in, in Gonda in Ethiopia. You can go visit them for a while. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Gonda for uh, about four days um, over the Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And from Gonda, I had to come into Sudan, which was very, very tricky, um, considering um, most of the people, actually, like majority of the people only speak Arabic and no English. 
and uh, in Sudan buses do not run in the evening mm-hmm. so I had to spend some special nights in um, I could call them motels but I'm using the word motel very loosely because <laughs> it was just me and a whole lot of bed bikes so yeah it has been quite an adventure <laughs> but while you're in Gonda what was accommodation like in Gonda? Um, in Gonda accommodation was good because I was staying at someone's house Okay, but uh, were there no hotels for you to stay at in Gonda? Um, there were hotels. Um, I made some other few uh, travel uh, travel friends who were staying at the hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some hotels, but um, even the hotels in Gonda are not very fancy. Ah, okay. That's, and I suppose they cost a lot of money. What's the currency in, in Ethiopia? What's it called? Uh, the Ethiopian burr. Burr. B i double r. Ah, okay. And how does how what's the exchange rate like with our rand? Um, I actually don't know. I have completely forgotten all about the rand. <laughs> when I look at a currency from another country, and I look at where I am and what's the currency like to where I'm going. So when I looked at the Ethiopian currency, I was comparing it to Kenya. Okay, okay. And and was it was it better or worse? Um, it's um, the 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 bird is a bit stronger than the Kenyan shilling. Ah. Actually, much stronger than the Kenyan shilling. Okay, and then what happened in Sudan? Uh, so in Sudan, um, when you come in, so I paid fifty dollars for my visa mm-hmm. to go into Sudan. I got it in Egypt and in Kenya. Sorry. I paid $50, and then when you get into Sudan, you have to pay another $50 to register as a as a tourist. What? So I, pay, I had to pay another $50 to register as a tourist. So if you spend more than three days in Sudan, you have to pay to be there. Um, so I had to pay another $50 uh, for that. And then when you leave Sudan, you have to pay £120 no. pounds, uh, no. Sudanese pounds to exit the no. country. No. So, um, yeah. So um, then it didn't all make sense to me, but then I later found out that actually Sudan is under embargo with the U.S. I see. So, and also Sudan does not really allow tourists. The only reason I was allowed into Sudan was because I was traveling um, as a South African and I had I had permission and um support from the government because the Kenyan embassy had written me a letter. Wow. So so yeah. so you left and you paid your money and but how did you leave because you said buses don't work in the evening so what happened? So buses do not work in the evening. So I left Sudan, I left Khartoum on Thursday thinking that I'm going to get to Sudan uh, on time before the border closes and cross over to Egypt. But then the buses just stop randomly in the middle of nowhere. Literally, they just stop. And um, the whole idea is for the bus to delay so that the border is closed. And if the border is closed, all the travelers are forced then to stay in Wadi Halfa and spend a night at those uh, motels. But um, because there's no any other way the motels would make money. So that's the only way. So they delay it. And then because it was a Thursday, I then found out that Sudan does not open their borders on Friday. They don't work on Friday. So I had to spend two nights with those dead guys. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was two nights with dead bags and three days of not taking a shower. 
Oh my goodness! Are you? <laughs> Tell me about the food experience um, uh, during these travels. Take us back to Ethiopia and 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 to where you are now. The food experience, please. Um, the food in Ethiopia, um, they eat a lot of injera. Injera is this. It's like um, when I spoke to the other South Africans when I was there, they compared it to thing. You okay. know, the, that thing, uh, but it's like a flat bread, like sort of like a pancake with a lot of holes, and then you put um, all your meats and your vegetables on top of it, and then it soaks up all the juices, mm. and um, you just eat it with, um, uh, like they bring you injera on the side as well, made into rolls, and then you just break the, the injera there, and then you eat, and the time you finish everything that's on top. The injera that's used as a base has soaked up all the juices from the meat mm, and the vegetables. Mm. And um, it's all nice and juicy. But then when I was in, 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 in Ethiopia, it was during fasting season, which is a lot tricky. So there's no animal uh, product or meat that is eaten. So it's just vegetables. So most of the time, the food was very tasteless. But um, when, if you, even if you go to a restaurant... Um, in Addis, it was different because they they have a lot of tourists there. But when you get to Gonda, they even the restaurants do not serve any meat products. So you just sort of like eating um, what what um, everyone else is eating during the fasting season. Well, you shouldn't have had a problem with no with no meat because originally you vegetarian when you left South Africa. That is true, and that is, has been my dad's biggest question. So are you going to be vegetarian when you go back home? I think I'm going back to be a vegetarian, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if, with your experiences. T- tell me, I saw you on, on Twitter uh, talking about a certain type of tea. A certain type of tea? Yes. Kakade. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's called kakade. So um, it's a flower. It's the, um, the hibiscus flower. They, they, they dry it, and uh, what happens is you can have it hot or cold. Actually, right now at breakfast, I just had it cold. And um, like it's, uh, from, from what I, I thought it was an Arabic tea, but from what I now understand, since I, uh, when I came into Egypt, I spent some time in Aswan, it's actually a Nubian uh, tea. So it's, it's, it, it helps with your blood pressure as well. So I was like, ooh, I love kakade. Give me some, give me some. So I bought a whole lot of kakade to take home. Well, I'm, I'm expecting some from you. I, pr- I, I, I re- we really. <laughs> but now, being in Egypt, um, are you are you coming back home soon? I take it this is your last I, um, stop. I, I will be landing back at home on Friday at uh, two p.m. Okay. Before though, we talk about you coming home. Uh, what has been your experience in Egypt? My experience in Egypt has been uh, a lot different, um, whereas in uh, all the other African countries when I was traveling, when the Africans learn that she's alone and they look at me, I look like them, but I, I speak different. Um, the first thing when they learn that I'm a girl and I'm alone, their first instinct was, okay, we need to protect her. No. Uh, we need to make sure that she's safe. We need to make sure that she's fed. Um, Whereas when I was traveling to the next country, the guys that I just left from the previous country would contact me to say, hey, Kaj, are you good where you are? Do you need me to find you another host? Mm. Do you need anything to make your, your stay in the next country more pleasurable or anything? But then you, when I got to, uh, to in Sudan, 
it was not so different because um, as, as, even though it's an Arabic state, they have more Nubians there. So I looked like the Nubians, but mm. then I was wearing pants, which was very different for a woman to wear pants. And then when you get to, 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 to Egypt, then it gets a bit tricky because all the men look at you and the cat calling is just out of this world. They're all fascinated about like, this girl with this behind of mine that is quite exciting, about, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> and, but you are safe, eh? I am very, very safe and very well taken care of. Thank uh, you. Are you are you staying? At, have you been to the embassy? I went to the embassy yesterday. Yeah. Um, I spent I spent basically I spent my whole day at the embassy. They actually did not want me to leave. They were just sitting there like, "You came from where? <laughs> and you got to where? How did you get here?" <laughs> they were very very excited. I I did go to the embassy yesterday. When I got there, I told them that I was here to. Uh, applied for a visa for South Africa. I needed a visa to go back home. Yeah, and 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 so yeah, no. So um, yeah, they were very welcoming and they were very impressed uh, with my with my travels and everything that I had experienced and all the stories that I had to share with all of them. So you coming home and uh, and and what what what's going to happen when you come home? Are you are you going to be writing about more? I suppose publishing more stories about your travels. What what are you hoping to do when you come home? Because you've been away um, six months. Yeah, so so right now what um, right now I'm coming home on Friday, and right now what I I have been journaling my travels. So um, I'm I'm hoping to put together a book about my travels as a solo woman across Africa. Um, but right now, what I'm more focused on is um, due to the xenophobic attacks that we have at home, mm. I am planning to get a, a dinner. Uh, in about two weeks' time, I'll have a dinner and where people will have to buy their own food and we get. I would like to involve some uh, corporate and private guys and we raise funds. Uh, that will go to uh, the xenophobic uh, victims. So that is currently what I'm planning on working on. And uh, during the dinner, it's something where I will be talking about my travels. And we can all just sit together and discuss a way forward as to how as South Africans we Kachi, can educate Kachi, Kachi, South Africans. Kachi, stay, about, stay, um, stay on the line for me, please. Otherwise, on SAFM... The solo wanderer, Kachi Zama, talking to us from Egypt. She's been traveling for six months uh, from country to country, backpacking and and uh, finding ways of making travel easy through the continent. But Kachi, you mentioned something very important. What is the conversation and response um, uh, about what is going on in, in, in South Africa at the moment? Yes. Um, so the idea is I would like to raise funds uh, for the for the victims of the xenophobic attacks, but also I would like to work with perhaps the um, education ministry and just um, educate people uh, as to um, about Africa and Africans and the whole idea of me travelling to start off with was to inspire change in the way as Africans how we view Africa and fellow Africans especially from a South African perspective. 
So I would love to continue doing that uh, that work, and that is something that uh, I am planning to to have this dinner for two weeks. So I will be talking to some organisations um, about uh, them coming on board and having um, this uh, dinner with me. Now tell me, but uh, what are people saying uh, to you? Are you having conversations with with Egyptians, for instance, or whenever you saw the news break out, have there been conversations you're having with the locals about xenophobic yeah. attacks? The thing is, with, uh, Egypt is very, very different. As much as it's in Africa, it's they they don't understand the concept of being black or white mm. or being from Kenya or Zimbabwe or anywhere else. So with them, the, I have been trying to talk to the friends that I have that I've been with about um, the xenophobic attacks that are currently going on at home because I have just been, I've just been stressed and I'm like, I feel helpless. Like these are the people who took me in. Mm. Uh, when I was traveling, they made me feel at home. They welcomed me, they gave me food. They loved me unconditionally, like they had not just met me two days before. So the Egyptians don't really um, understand what is going on. Where in in, in in Kenya, we would have those sort of conversations uh, when I would explain the purpose of my travels. So, um, but I did speak, uh, for instance, yesterday when I visited the, the embassy, mm-hmm. I got to meet the, the high commissioner mm-hmm. and we did speak about it uh, at length. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I hope I hope your stay is very safe, and you are safe, as you say. And and we can't wait for you to come back home, and and start uh, the the process of educating us about other parts of the continent and other people around the continent. Thank you so much, Kashi, for talking to us. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I will see you soon with your kakade. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, Kachi. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. The solo wanderer. Um, and she blogs. Uh, she's on Twitter. She's on Facebook. Um, and, and really, I, th- I think I take my hat off for her uh, for, for doing what she's doing. And, and I, th- I wish I could have done it at, at her age. But there, there is still time for all of us. Well, we're still not reaching the minister. So I take it we're not going to be talking to her today. Uh, we were due to speak with the minister. And, of course, it, it's the second time it happens to me. We make uh, arrangements to speak with ministers and uh, then nobody just is available to tell us what's going on. Well, I found uh, found out that there's a, a new gallery in town. It's called uh, The Space Between and uh, uh, Megan Kathleen is on the phone now to talk to us about it. Hello, Megan. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you for, for being available to us at such short notice. Tell me sure, about the space between. <laughs> Tell me about the space between. Okay. Well, um, we're situated at 139 Albert Road in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And basically what the gallery aims to do is provide a platform for emerging artists, street-related artists, underground artists, um, artists that step outside of the box mm-hmm. and who need a, a, a platform to present and present their work. Um, so many of these artists have not quite had the opportunity to be managed 
mm-hmm. or to receive the correct amount of exposure or the right sort of um, business training. And that's what we're aiming to do and providing at the moment. So we're very young, but exciting. Megan, do you think that these artists are misunderstood? Why have they had these challenges of, of not being able to find a proper platform? Um, well, I believe, and so many of the other artists in the community believe that street-related arts, it's it's legal in Cape Town, first of all, so there's a stigma attached to it, and um, there are tons of other art streams that form all these street-related practices and um, the community especially in Cape Town and South Africa aren't quite aware of these creative practices outside of the white cube gallery and um, so we're trying to educate the masses and do so by providing socially relevant content um, we, we're very socially aware at the gallery and um, yeah that's that's basically our prerogative. That's our aim and that's our mission. Now, somebody who's never heard of street, street-related street art or street art, well, can you just describe it for us a bit and, and tell us what you're talking about? And Because there is a social content. And um, just, just, just describe it for us, please. Okay. Um, well, maybe I can speak a bit about my artists. Um, so my artists, especially for the next couple of months, they, um, they're showing a lot of solo shows. And um, the, the show content is it's broad. Um, one of my artists, Ninja Bread Boy, is his work is dealing with the DOP system and how the farms, the, the farmers in, in Swellendam and in the Bowland and so forth struggle with these systems. Mm-hmm. So he's created all of his artwork around around this conversation and he's living in the communities and he's engaging every day and um you know it's 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 important to have these conversations with the public mm-hmm. um another one of my artists skullboy he loves to challenge notions um sort of behavioral patterns that we've developed in our societies and um he questions social media and he questions politics and um gender relations and so forth and um yeah there's 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 a lot to say for the content that all of my artists are producing because that's sort of the bottom line of it all if you're going to exhibit work and you're going to do it on a public platform you might as well have something socially significant to say so, present. So Megan, at when when they exhibit these works, uh, is there space or time to to engage with the public as they as they view the work? Yes, yes. So our openings are quite fun. Um, girls sponsors our openings and the artists are always present. The public is always welcome to come and step off the street at any time that there's an exhibition and there'll always be somebody at hand to explain the work, break down and give a tour and, you know, give some insights and mm-hmm. give some background into what's going on and what's being presented. So. I yeah. <laughs> so so tell right. me, wh- when are you having your next exhibition? It sounds amazing. I mean, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to attend and, and, and see some of the works. When is okay, next? Um, the next exhibition we have is on the sixth, and then we have another one on at the end of May, and then mid June as well. Um, all of the dates are on our social media and web page. Um, there's 
there's always events happening. Um, we're starting off a, a cinema night as well um, in aid of, you know, the underprivileged people in Woodstock that can't afford a meal during winter or blankets mm. or tin food. Mm. We're screening art films and art documentaries, showcasing local artists. Sounds... Um, that's just another platform we're doing and everything you know if, if one person comes in and and purchases a soup meal then the same gets matched to somebody in the community oh, wonderful. so wonderful yeah we, we're doing we're doing all sorts of things in at 139 and um there's just it's exciting well, it sounds very challenging, but it's, it's exciting. It sounds like a great space to be in, and and we we thank you so much. And your your website is 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 where? Is www.sb-gallery.co.za. Space between SB. Yes. Yeah. SB for space between. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fantastic. And it's at one thirty nine Albert Street in Woodstock. Yes, yes. Lovely. Thank you so much for talking to us and good luck with, with the gallery, huh?